Spider-Verse. Welcome to episode four of the Italian Spider-Man Coalition podcast. We are a Goomba-themed podcast with a Spider-Man twist. Or is it a Spider-Man podcast with a Goomba twist? I don't know. It works both either ways. Uh, so <laughs> welcome to the show. We are a proud member of the Let's Go Pop uh, podcast network pop culture without the pop i am one of your co-host the consigliere of the coalition i'm peter m Vera, but i can't do this alone allow me to introduce you to the rest of the family uh coming in at capo we have the young the feisty nico caruso happy to be here brother happy to be Pleasure here, here. and as always every family needs a godfather we are no different uh mr nicholas papa web caruso how are forget you? about it forget about it <laughs> well hopefully there wasn't much to forget about because today's show i've been looking to for a while um, oh yeah the three of us have uh we oh. are going to take a, a dive into the legendary the epic uh the the gold standard that is <laughs> spider-man 2 so this is something i've been uh, really wanting to dive into especially you guys um this actually for me this might be like my second most hyped show of our show that's because I'm really looking forward to getting to amazing and uh, because me and Nico yeah. agree on a lot and I think we're going to butt some heads on that one. So I think that'll be fun, yeah. but uh, this is going to be probably the most enjoyable one for the three of us. I think. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. How can it not be? It's, it's simply maybe one of the greatest top two, three comic book films of all time. Yeah. And, and when you pair this with the first one, like I was telling my son yesterday, like, just to see these first two movies, like you, you almost don't need any more Spider-Man. I mean, we do, we want to watch it, but it's like, I live in a world where like, I can almost be like, that's my Spider-Man. Those are the two best movies of all time. And, and be very comfortable with that because those movies to me, these movies are exactly what, how I interpreted him when I was growing up with him mm -hmm. reading the comic books i mean it just really comes to life for me in one and two like nothing else yeah i have to agree with you there's a lot there that can if i had to like give this movie or this at least like to say this these first two films let's just start there yep they're like 98.9 percent perfect right just between yep. the two there's slight differences sure organic web shooters you, you swap out mj for gwen stuff like that minor uh, discrepancies but like the filmmaking process the characterization of the characters like all that stuff it's as good as it gets i think the for me the only other two movies that compare to this one and that's how high i hold this film in regard are logan and the dark knight i think those are the yep. only two that come really close to that and you can if you want you can you can argue whatever Avengers film you want. <laughs> and I'm sure Iron Man will get tossed in there. But I feel like those three films kind of are the are the pinnacle of the comic book genre. Mm -hmm. Completely. I would agree. I'm with you on those. Those those two and Spider-Man 2 are in my top five of all time. And mm -hmm. I would say The Dark Knight and Spidey are top two. For me, I sometimes do the weird thing where I don't count the Nolan film as comic book films. I count them as the greatest one of the greatest achievements in cinema mm -hmm. as opposed to just being a comic movie so if the dark knight's out of the equation i think spider-man 2 is the best comic book film of all time if the dark knight's in the equation it's number two for me i don't know how you could take the dark knight out of comic book movies but, but it's a compliment i'm saying it's so know, good I it know, transcends i think spider-man 2 is up there man i think it's as a film though like it, the way that it handles emotion and all these characters something the third film really lacks is it it lacks a little bit of the emotion and it has too many characters it's weird how they're kind of the opposite of that um yeah 
I would, and uh, let's, before we get too far into it, we are going to finish off talking about Zdarsky's What If book. Mm-hmm. So, yes, that's coming as well. It's a two parter, but Spider Man 2 kind of takes precedent here. Oh, <laughs> oh, it takes just precedent. a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> just for me, and you guys obviously will go around the table. Yeah. Um, for me, I really loved Franco as Harry in this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, just the duality, both sides. Um, in the extended cut, the, I feel like there's a, that, that scene with him and Peter's a little bit longer and it plays out really well. In 2.1, um, I, I like, I mean, what, I could watch either version of that movie, but Harry's performance in just both versions, I think, really impressive. And just kind of watching Peter grow and mature again. And like, I don't know how people can say there's no chemistry between him and Dunst. Like, I, I mean, it's not as good as Andrew and uh, Emma or uh, Tom and Zadea, Zendaya, but it's there. It's I, their relationship is rocky and I, I feel like I'm in it, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's, I think the relationship is strong in the first two movies, and I'm, I'm all, I buy it. I'm completely in mm-hmm. on his, the, the torment that he feels. He's so in love with her, and she's actually in love with him, but he just won't give in. He's just going to suffer because he just doesn't want to put her in danger. You're so right about Harry. He's so conflicted in this movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, between Peter being his friend, between his relationship with Spider-Man, between trying to avenge his father's death to taking over the company for his father, yeah. being applauded, and then, and then single-handedly almost well, ruining the company. So it's it's amazing the journey amazing. that he has. It really is that Harry is not, he's not on the screen a lot, but every time he is, it's important. Mm-hmm. And there seems to be a consequence there's no real filler here for James Franco in this I mean, film. The whole movie is essentially his fault. He he creates the monster as Otto Octavius. Absolutely. Right. And it's I'm gonna another parallel with the Dark Knight is you can compare a Franco to Eckhart's Two Face. It's mm-hmm. the rise and fall of Harry Osborne. You know, he gets on this incredible career high, ruins himself, and all he has left is his vengeance, like you said, for his father's death. Nico, what do you got? And what's great is everything you guys are saying, the the relationship with MJ, Osborne stuff and throw in the other personal things for Peter is all brilliantly given to you in the first 10 minutes through the great direction of Sam Raimi. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The movie starts off with the weight of responsibility with great power comes great responsibility front and center because yeah. he is Spider-Man, this great hero. He can't keep his job. He's a genius, but he's failing <laughs> Dr. Connors's class. Mm-hmm. He can't show up to anything for MJ. Mm-hmm. He's got the weight of Harry hating him because he knows he's quote unquote friends with Spider-Man, but to Harry's interpretation, he killed his dad. He can't help Aunt May financially. Damn. So he's got the weight of his own financial problems. Can't own Aunt May. Can't pay his Sounds rent. like a lot of Parker luck right, right? now. <laughs> yeah, right. A lot of Parker luck. He's trying to take foes. Nothing's working. He's getting haggled by J. Jonah Jameson because J. Jonah Jameson only wants the photos of Spider-Man to rip mm-hmm. him. Mm-hmm. So he can't even protect his image as Spider-Man. He has no control over all this because the thing he does have control over is being Spider-Man. So the weight of the responsibility put in the first 10 minutes, it sets you up. It hits on every note of personal struggle. That's going to continue throughout the film until he makes his first choice. And then he makes the second choice. And there were some people a little who tuned into our breakdown of the trailer for no way home. When I said, we haven't really seen Tom's, 
Peter have personal struggles, Tom Holland's. And some people were like, well, he's got the vulture thing. Cause like the girl, he took the vulture's dad and like, Oh, I, mean, he, I don't know how you can, he goes to Europe, but I like compare that to, to Gwen in Spider-Man three. That's <laughs> what I'm saying. But then like, Oh, he's got the, Oh, he's got like the, the struggles of Tony. And I'm like, but listen to what I just said at the start of yeah. Spider-Man two, his best friend hates him. Can't get the girl. He's struggling financially. His aunt's struggling financially. He can't keep a job. He's failing his classes. Etc. Etc. It sounds like real life to me. It's it it's does. the most For relatable thing. Yep. And then when he comes clean with everybody, everyone still can't stand him. Like he, Harry's just yep. devastated. Yeah. When he tells Aunt May that basically Ben's his uncle's death is his fault, you know, she gets up and leaves. Like oh, you know, she's disgusted. Oh, Granted, like later on, she gives him the great speech that mm-hmm. really, you know, I mean, you could say to any youngster, and, and they'll motivate them to do whatever the hell you need them to do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But you know, at that moment, the most important people in his life are all turning against him. It's exactly. It's crazy how it it, it does both things, and uh, it's it, like you, you said, like Raimi did it masterfully. He, I mean, there's so many times in this, and you just you, you get that tear in your eye. You know, you oh, just watch man. it. It's sad. A lot of this movie is very sad. You really feel for Peter Parker in this journey, you know, and then, you know, MJ goes off and marries somebody else or she, you know, she wants to, she gets engaged. It's there's a, you know, he's getting beat. And then physically, like, remember he drops his books and he gets hit in the head a couple of times. Oh, like, oh, like yeah. he, he catch, he can't catch a break. And that's, what's so great about the story. It feels like you said, like just vintage. It, it It's, it is the, like, I feel like it's the essential live action, Peter Parker. Like it, he just is who he is. Like he's just the every man, you know, we haven't seen him go through these struggles. Like Nico says, I, 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 what would, what did, who said it on Twitter? I forget who it was. It's like, he's, he's all power, no responsibility. And yeah, you know, the responsibility basically just give up on his relationship with MJ just to keep her safe. Yeah. And we know by, by movie's end, you know, they both come to this agreement. Like, yeah, well, all right, well, screw it. We're just going to be together. Yeah. He was right the whole time. (laughs) He wasn't wrong. Right. Um, Why Why live half a life? Listen, that opening pizza sequence is unbelievable too, man. I, love I, don't care, I don't care what anybody <laughs> says, man. You to feel the anxiety <laughs> of him trying to deliver those pizzas on time. Mm-hmm. I mean, come on, how great is it, right? But I, then you got to save the kids. Yeah, you got to save the kids. The weight he could have made it in time, but the weight of the responsibility of saving the kids, being Spider-Man, is his blessing and his curse. Mm-hmm. Beautifully picking up from the end of the first film, and but when he gets in there and. I feel like Raimi did the humor better in this one too. Oh, yeah. Really nice. Like when people complain about like him not having quips, but he's oh, still God. very funny. Like it's he is funny. Him flipping the pizza out of the guy's face is funny. Is like funny. And then like and the going, kids, what about when he tells the kids you can't play play in the street, street now? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's just Spider-Man. I mean mm-hmm. it's it's Spider-Man, and then when he goes, our famous it's pizza time. Yes, yeah. <laughs> this is the most quotable part of the movie of all time. <laughs> what I uh what I really actually took most out of that scene is you could see early on like the what the influence the bugle may have on a character because that guy says he steals his pizza and he says it pretty angrily that guy's now reading the bugle fake news and all right like that's yeah. still relevant like jonah is is slowly turning some people against spider-man and yeah now this guy thinks spider-man stealing pizza and I, I thought that was pretty funny because i just kind of put that together i was like oh wow that's that's a good one I enjoy that. Um, in 2.1, there is an extended uh, scene of him having trouble in the janitor's closet and he rips some webbing off the top of the pipe. Yes. Oh, yes. So that was that. Oh, awesome. I-, I like that. I thought that was cool. Yeah. It's, it's interesting. Like in that movie, in that version of the movie, it's only eight minutes, but 
you know, I thought, you know, I was like, you could have left all that in and it still would have been fine. Um, I think the only thing when you compare the two that I thought was a little long with the, was the doctor's office visit. I think that's a little bit uh, more powerful when the doctor just gets right into the speech instead of talking about his like football career, or whatever it was. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Something like yeah. that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I really dug that. It, it's crazy that we've been doing this show for 10 minutes and we haven't talked once about Molina's Ock. While he's coming. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so we should, but but before we get to him, yeah. how, how, how much of a rock star is Aunt May in this, in this movie? Oh, I, she, she's I mean, great. she's, and she's really, still kicking. She's not Rosemary Harris is 93 years old. And still I, you know what, Pete? I no, apologize. She's still, she's still around. She should yeah. be. But I mean, the whole and we'll get to the acting, but she's she's got action going on here. She's she's got some of the biggest emotional moments of the entire movie. Yeah. And it's not only Peter's story, like you actually really sympathize with Aunt May. And have this deep feeling for her. Like, she's such a big part of this movie. I love it. Can I, like, because he's on top of Aunt May. I, I, I don't want to go too far into later in the film. But this is the first rewatch I've ever felt this way. And I've seen the movie a hundred times. I think when she's talking to him, when she's packing up the stuff in the garage, I think she knows. Yeah. That's me. I just get the vibe. She's like, you know, they're waiting for a hero. And that boy Mm -hmm. is waiting for his hero. Like almost like, cause when she knows he's gone and even, even Robbie a little bit. Yes. That's the eyes. Robbie, Robbie gives him the eyes. Like I know Spider-Man was there. I know you're friends with Harry. Like, like, you know, good timing, all that jazz. And he gives him the eye and Aunt May gives him this whole, when Peter's talking to me, he's like, oh, he said he's he said he's done for a while, you know, and just the way I don't know if it was intentional in her performance or not, because obviously her as an actress knows she knows the script. She knows this right. guy, Spider-Man. She's done a press tour. She's done a whole film. I feel like there's something and it just might be my wishful thinking, because I've always had this beauty of um, in, in the back of my mind throughout the various versions and stories and takes with Aunt May. I've always felt like she does that there is a, a slightly beautiful take where she does know, but never says anything. Mm-hmm. And it's just that she knows and, and she understands the weight of the responsibility too. And if she talks about it, that makes it like real. It's better for it to just be this wish mm-hmm. or this illusion that, okay, he's safe. Um, but he's, he's, he's doing it and it's terrifying, but also he's, he's the hero. Like my, my nephew is, is this, city's hero because in this universe he's the only superhero so it's that much more significant you know do you know that's interesting i never i never put that together because i remember she was oh she hated him in the beginning like, she's always nasty exactly. she's about that you know it, it's not until the bank scene where she really switches it up and yeah. you know she does and then there's the we line you know like i forget now where it, it place in the movie the bank scene comes is it before no it's it's after he loses his powers it's i mean it's before it's so, before. yeah it, it makes sense that you know she kind of puts it together there um i i you know i everything the 20 dollar bill scene with her and peter is really emotional i really oh, get god it. um the, the scene obviously where he confesses about ben to his aunt's really great the speech he said in the driveway and you know her action scene with Hawk, like she saves Spider Man there, like that's yeah. awesome, yeah. She, you know, it, it they tease you a little bit, and you get a little nervous, like is that my going to fall? And she's not; she's right on the ledge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Great. And even though she's broke as hell, and she's being forced to sell her house, she still whacks, whacks that guy. Yeah, she's to steal the gold coin, You yep. know, 
And that's typical comic book. I mean, that's just right Here's out of a change. page. That's a quippy line. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it's just it's just so it it it's just so unrealistic that it, you believe it because it just fits. In real life, she probably has a heart attack halfway up that building. Are you kidding yeah, me? Absolutely right. right. Exactly. You know, and it's it's. I mean, I I think the CGI looks still good to this day, especially in those ox scenes where he's scaling buildings and throwing pieces of clock, and he's you know, it doesn't look that him, bad. No, I was telling him, Pete, and we're watching, of course, not in. A theater screen we're watching on i think a pretty decent tv but not 4k or anything it looks really it's good fine. still it, it, it looks a hell of a lot better than justice league ever did oh, oh a hell of a lot better yeah. it you looks know, really it's crazy good, i couldn't believe it yeah. and him swinging through the city and and Raimi gets uh really uh smart at some places like there's that cool transition where you know yeah. you're zooming in and it pops out of Doc Ock's sunglasses. Oh my god! Because he's waiting atop the building, <laughs> and you know, in early on when he's you know he swings through that semi truck, it's just there's Ooh. some that Spidey stuff still holds up. Uh, there's some great stuff and amazing, and uh, there's some good stuff in the MCU. But uh, you know, it's as old as this stuff is. It really still stands the test of time, in my opinion. Like. I don't watch it and just be like, oh man, this is so dated. Mm. I love too. There's a nice effect scene when he gets knocked off the train the first time and he's like, he's sliding on the street and he mm. uses his web to like weave mm-hmm. to the left of like two cars and yeah. then he does himself back up. I'm like, it's, it's like so, parasailing or something. It's yeah. so parasailing. sick. Yeah. You know, I had forgotten because I haven't seen this movie now in a few years. Mm-hmm how choreographed those webs those how true again to the comics the gimmicks with the webs the web balls yeah the the maneuvering like you said uh, the manipulation of the web if you will to his advantage yeah it's beautiful because i i don't i I don't remember it and going back pete like you said it's a long time ago but you got to give ramey credit because he captures it he really does. Again, like the only the only negative I have on that is it's organic and it's not Peter using his sure, brain to sure. build web device where he can control the different type of webbing. I think that would have been. I mean, we see that in amazing later on, but it's uh, another gripe I only have. The movie, it's he, Peter takes off his mask almost at will. He's always taking his mask. <laughs> he does off. in his car and, uh, on the subway. Yeah. He does it. Um, he does it like two, two or three other times in the movie. Yeah, and um, it's interesting because I feel like the scene where he's in the elevator, just by like simple tilts of the head. You know, you kind of get the emotion, the expression yeah. you really want. I, I, and that, again, like you said, in comics, he probably has like the little lightning bolt sticking out of his head. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right. But I uh, I dig that. Or it's probably like the half face, you know, yeah. that yeah. They, they used to do. Um, So I just I, I wish he wouldn't take his mask off so much in the movie. It seems especially that uh, when he kidnaps the car where he parks in front of uh, a Mary Jane's. Uh, yeah, theater. that one is I was the like, one you can I'm get like, a picture yeah. taken really easily. I'm like, yeah. I mean, you would get, get no one really has an iPhone at that point, but yeah, yeah you guys think it's now, it's that's too long ago. Nobody, yeah, I was, nobody rocks around the corner today, somewhere, yeah. waiting. Yeah, <laughs> you're worried about set leaks, Pete. Don't worry about it. No one's got. <laughs> You're worried about it. Oh, it's know, okay. Sam Raimi says, "Don't worry about it, man. It's okay." He just that's wanted funny. to show Toby's face. He wanted us to see the emotion from yeah. Toby, is what I think, and and that's that's I. So I really don't have a problem with it, but I understand it though. It is. It's more than I remember it, but it I works thought it was really cool. well for the train it sequence. Does. It does, and totally. I think that's that's one of the great saves I think oh, in all of CBM. Yeah. Like that rivals, uh, you know, the helicopter scene in Superman seventy eight. I think yeah. that train scene, you know, dude, Pete. I I just gotta say, I'm gonna cry now, Pete. Well, like when they when they catch him from falling, mm-hmm. and then yeah. they're talking to him, and then the kids are like 
we won't tell nobody. And then Ah comes and they're ready to fight for him. Like what I think, I mean, it's beautiful and they don't like, I hate how with me, it always comes back to what's not happening now, but I feel like his relationship with New York is really shown in these films and in amazing they're shown. And I feel yes, like I agree. we don't get that now. And well, remember, one these, whole movie, he's not in the country. So exactly. And there's <laughs> these like really important, inspiring things that just get lost for the coolness and the costumes and the tech. And it's like, it was so powerful. Cause like he inspired those people to where they, they didn't know if they're going to die or not, but they weren't yeah. going to let Ock touch Spidey. And you had women and kids, yeah. I think the city of New York is very accurately portrayed in in these movies. I think it's very. It's the only city in the world where (laughs) someone will step on your foot, and then you know you save, and then everyone comes together later on. It's it's a unique dynamic, you know. Everyone's Mm -hmm. in a rush and going somewhere at a million miles an hour, but at the right moment, at the right time, you know, they will band together and they. The humanity, the humanity of the city comes through. He really knows that. He he is. He is the MVP superhero of New York, though. And that's what I love about these movies. Mm-hmm. He is the people's hero. Um, you know, you, we want to talk about that train sequence. I mean, that that whole fight with Ock is absolutely breathtaking. It's mm-hmm. beautifully choreographed. Again, they're doing things on there that you've never seen Spidey ever do before in live action, nor maybe have you seen him do as good in the future. Um, but I would agree with you there. The the moment that it that it resonates beautifully is when the people yeah. save him. The one thing I always have a gripe with is when the kid, when there's a guy that looks at him and he says he's just a kid, once in a while you'll see a little joke on Twitter like he's 30 years old. He doesn't look like a kid. I look at these movies and Toby McGuire looks like a young man to me. Yeah, I know yeah. he was 28, but I mean he certainly could pass for a 20, 21, 22 year old. I'd say kid. so, yeah. And in my day, I mean, I call 20, 21 year old people kids. A You're still kids. Use the it's, word kid for people. Yeah. Like he doesn't look like the rock where he's this big yeah. guy with scruff. Like, and, I, and, and I think when they look at the realization, yeah. when, the, when he, when they see him, when the gentleman says, to I mean, him, in your eyes, Nico's a kid. He's yeah. Still, he's, he's a kid. kid. You're a kid, Pete. You're still a kid <laughs> to me, bro. Yeah. Come on, man. So when this guy sees him, he's looking at him. He's like, he's just a kid. He's yeah, not yeah. like a 40 year old guy. He doesn't have a. He doesn't have a beard. He doesn't, you know what I mean? It's like, yeah, you look at Toby and that would be my first inclination yeah, to say, let me take a look at him. Oh, he's just a kid. Yeah, I mean, it sense. It, it raindrops fall on my head when he's walking around all happy with the way to word all <laughs> off his shoulders. Like he looks like a freshman in college. Absolutely. That's what, and he that's really what you should be freshman, sophomore. College. I mean, those are, those are yeah. kids. Those are young, you know, they're young adults. They're, you know, you know, everyone still right. already thinks they're a grown ass man, but sure. <laughs> he's far from it. Far from it. Um, I want to backtrack a little bit to basically when we first, first of all, Molina, they gave him the horrible haircut, which I love. Like his hair's way up by the top of his ears in the back of the movie. And I yeah. love that. That's, that's <laughs> they didn't have to do that. And they did that. And I thought that was great. Um, but his like first introduction as Doc Ock is pretty damn scary. And I think it's a scene that the only thing that even comes close to it is uh, the boardroom scene in Shazam. Um, and I actually think the ox scene is even more terrifying because I feel like in Shazam, we're looking through it. Uh, we're looking at shadows and frosted glass. Yeah. So you're not seeing it. And this is, this is like legit horror. People are getting hit in the face, impaled. They're getting dragged, you know, it, it's, and it's scary as all hell. And it's, I thought it was great to see Raimi just flex his muscle really there and 
you know, it's interesting. A lot of people say that, you know, so, uh, I feel like the Disney movies or the MCU movies are very kid friendly. And I don't think this would ever really fly there. I don't think you could get a rainy scene no. like that. It, people are legitimately being murdered on screen, you know, and I don't think we've ever seen anything like that in any other Spider-Man movie either. No. And what's great about it too, is like the big thing is like the MCU, the Disney films, even though some of them feel like they have like a director's artistic touch. A lot of them don't, they feel like just the Marvel movie. It's that Kevin Feige touch, but the, the brilliance of these first two. And even, th- I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll even say three is like Raimi's horror roots. He really puts his artistic stamp on the scenes. Mm. He can even some of the screams of the people in the streets when, when like Oc throws the car, when he's climbing up the wall and the ladies in the office are screaming, like he puts that horror touch on there because it is terrifying. And he shows enough of these human, well, everyone's human, but like he shows these the reaction of these people through their lens. Cause it also raises the stakes. It shows you how terrifying mm-hmm. this villain is for these people. And it, it builds up the threat, even though it's just Doc Ock, it builds up the threat for Spider-Man too. Cause they're like, well, all these people just got killed or all these people mm-hmm. are in danger or they're so terrified. They need their hero. They're waiting for the hero. It just builds so wonderfully. And that's why I love Raimi's touch on these movies. Cause it's these are comic book films this original spider-man trilogy is where i can say there is an awesome artistic director's Mm -hmm. touch to them the same way Mm -hmm. that christopher nolan left his mark on the dark knight trilogy Mm -hmm. the same way james mangold he puts that touch on logan too i think there if i'm if you're gonna if i'm gonna go like artistically i think it's I would say it's almost like watching like a Burton Batman movie. Like, you know, you, sure. you know, that's his movie, right? Like yeah. that's, it, all in all, that's his film. And uh, yeah, I just, I, and I love how it's almost like Peter wants to be Ock. Like he is his role model. He's his idol. He found love in, in what seemed like an impossible yes. situation. And he learns that. And, you know, I, I feel like that it's, they, they share some interesting moments together. And then for him to turn so evil and it, it's fascinating to me because it's like, you could see the motivation there in losing a loved one. And it's almost mm-hmm. kind of similar to what Peter did. He just took the path of righteousness after he lost his uncle. Whereas, you know, uh, Octavius took the path of, uh, I guess, evil or just mm-hmm. no goodery. Um, what did you two think of the artificial intelligence in the arms, the inhibitor chip that was kind of the driving force in Octavius? Maybe not the driving force, but that's kind of what put Octavius over the edge in his madness. I liked it because, again, when you first meet Ock and his wife, it, that's such a charming scene. Mm-hmm. Um, and it cuts away. Then they're having lunch or dinner and the wife is there and he's telling Peter. I love when he tells him it, when the wife asks him, do you have a girlfriend? Are you in love? And he's like, I don't know. And he's like, well, if you don't know, who knows? <laughs> yeah. Like he he's such he's coming across as a wonderful mentor. He's he's explaining the beautiful relationship with his wife. So at that point in time, you're, you're questioning how can he turn so evil, right? Even, even with a failed experiment. Well, I think the chip, the lack of the chip, right. Which was, which was keeping the arms at bay mm-hmm. and keeping him in control. I think it's a good explanation for why he does go down the dark path. I'll tell you what, I don't know if this was the intention of the screenwriters or Ramey. I have to assume it was, but it's in a way it's brilliantly ahead of its time. And it works. The idea of, because someone asks a question, you know, aren't you afraid of this artificial mm-hmm. robot technology? 
like possibly being able to override your your commands. He goes, well, I have been, I have a fail safe, you know, this chip. And so it's showing you how our dependence on technology and science can also be the problem. So it's this beautiful thing of, it's this tragically beautiful thing actually of he had all the answers and all the science and all the miscalculations, the real miscalculation (laughs) of was if things go wrong, Mm -hmm. it's not just going to ruin his life's work. It ruined him. Yeah. Yeah. As brilliant as he was. was Yeah, Yeah. exactly. So, so, and I like how at first he doesn't, he's so like, there's such the influence of those arms that he is going back and forth at first. Like I shouldn't do this. I should like you do. Yeah. It's a Jekyll Hyde. It's, it's a very Jekyll Hyde, which makes for very at the time, you know, that wasn't done that many times. There's a very compelling villain. So I like the technology because it's, it's kind of scary ahead of its time. Like we're scared that Elon's got these Tesla robots coming that apparently can, Apparently can take your dog out, wash your car. Sounds like a robot. Or wipe your ass. Yeah. <laughs> like so they start that. destroying and knocking your house yeah, down. Right, yeah, right. Yeah, right. So I great. guess the robot arms are next. Sounds like Terminator. Um, yeah. yeah, it's interesting to see, you know, again, like similar to Harry, just ox rise and fall. And then the redemption, you know, I will not die a monster. Um, yeah. I really, one of the things I really enjoyed about the arms, I enjoyed the noises. They, they kind of remind me of Velociraptors. Like I, yeah. <laughs> I thought that was an interesting touch. It yeah. didn't really sound, it sounded more organic. It didn't really sound like mechanical or mm-hmm. robotic. You know, it, it sounded like a living creature. I thought that was pretty interesting. Um, and just the design of them overall, like he's got the two big ones in the back and he's got like the smaller ones in the front. I, 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 they actually took time to kind of create they, this, you know, image for them. It, they didn't just like, okay, they all look the same. Uh, you know, I kind of appreciate yeah. how they look different and they have different functions, you know, like the little ones can, they have like the little claws and everything. Yeah, sure. It picks up they the tree, can... I'm in the mask and <laughs> they get a little scissor action on there. Yeah. <laughs> it was, yeah. It was yeah. so interesting. I, I love yeah. it. <laughs> One of my favorite scenes actually in the movie is when he lights it, he lights it, you know, cigar. cigar <laughs> and then he blows it. I just, it's, yeah. Those things are so like awk to me. I was like, oh my God, yeah. I killed it. See, anyone, I, I mean, I hope to God Ben Grimm in the new Fantastic Four smokes at least one cigar. I, hope so. gotta, I don't think it'll it, happen. But. And it's such attention to detail because this is something I picked up on years later, you know, because I, I, I first saw this incredible film when I was nine years old. But yeah. the more I watch it that I didn't realize this in the fights, I noticed it more when he's doing things with the arms, he's using his actual two arms as well. Yeah. So like oh, when all he active. rips yeah. his safe off, he's using yeah. his two arms like he's like holding them tight as if that's he's giving part of the his, choreography. I feel your dad's his brain to combine. Yeah. And then when they're fighting on the train and stuff, as the arms swing at him, you can see him like throwing physical punches with his yeah. arms and his elbows, mm-hmm. like because that's how the brain works. That's the genius. Raymond that's, that's is like you can't that's just like uh, tell your brain to move a limb without moving it. You have to move the limb. I yeah. thought that was great. And his legs also will shift when the lower ones are moving. I mean, it, it's just, the attention to detail is, and you can see it all because the CGI is still so good with the arms and the fighting. It's, it's so good. Yeah. The arms are very much alive. They're, they're their own entity. And then you have uh, Octavius, right? Mm-hmm. I know they're one being, but it is like two separate villains almost, to be yeah. honest with you. At some point, the, it way is, they, yeah. the way they function within this movie. Listen, I, we just did some lists and stuff about heroes and stuff. This is one of the great he- villains 
in the history of, of, of everything that we watched, in my opinion. I, and I mean, I, I don't I, think I totally agree with you. I, mean, I think he's like top three or four. I mean, I, you know, we've got Heath Ledger's Joker. We've got Jack Nicholson's Joker. You know, we got some dynamic villains we've seen, but this guy is unbelievable. His, his character, his, his emotion, you believe him, you, you sympathize with him, but then you believe that he really is evil. Mm-hmm. And he's pretty, he's really strong. I mean, it takes everything for our guy to fight him. He's really, really powerful. Yeah. You probably don't get a villain this sympathetic until Zod again. Correct. Probably. Correct. You are correct. Zod's Man Man of Steel. Yeah. Zod and Man of Steel. Michael Shannon. Absolutely. Yep. I would agree, man. But he is, I I don't know, guys. To me, he's top three. Yeah. I, I feel I feel like the popular three would be Thanos. Um, you would throw in Ledger and uh, uh, Molina. I feel like those would be yeah. the popular three villains. I think so too. I mean, everyone knows I'm picking Devito over everybody, but you know, it's yeah, like that's all right, show. man. Yeah, well, that's that's so I love the consistency. That's a different yeah, that's that's exactly. okay, yeah. Yeah. I'll die on that hill. Any any monster you want to kill babies is the worst thing in the world. <laughs> it's been a while since I've seen that film. It's been a while. Yeah, I gotta revisit that. We will. In my, we will in my older age because we watch '89 often, but not mm. Returns enough. I gotta go back to Returns. It's been well. A while. It's kind of I, I as much as I love this version of Spider-Man. It's, I mean, I watched the Batman movie so often that you know I, I popped this in and I watched both versions and I was like, man, this thing is really just beautiful. It, it's 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 such a complete story and it's emotional and it's it's just thrilling and you know in terms of like for a Spider-Man fan. You know, what Raimi really does that none of the other directors do in their movies is he gets these side characters so well. Uh, yeah. Betty Brandt, Robbie Robertson. Yeah. Uh, They're so beautifully well acted. I, and you, yep. you miss you miss the Daily Bugle in the amazing movies. You miss oh, them. Yeah. I don't care what the extra, that post-credit scene is like. It, it's a different Jameson. It's yeah. it's a different atmosphere. You know, I, as this is classic. This is what I think of Spider-Man. You know, I just... I miss those characters so much in the next f- four movies. It it's it, it really is noticeable. It really takes away from the character, in my opinion. The acting of J.K. Simmons, like he that's it, it. Like if you had to rank like the side characters in comic book films, like that performance is like up there. Like it's the, the it's amazing. The quickness, the delivery, the, my son, the astronaut. Yeah. Like I it's, love that it's line. so. He's the such. Best, he's the best. The man. best line is "Call the caterer." Yeah, tell him not to open the caviar. <laughs> he's like, "We're throwing a wedding. We're not going bankrupt." Yeah. <laughs> it's like he's so good. Um, I love how he fires Peter twice. It's yeah, you know, it's it's really great. I, I you know, and I don't know how much we're. I is he even in Far From Home? Like, will he even pop up at some point? Yeah, I don't know. As I much know. you know, I, he does, that scene? He's not in these movies a hell of a whole lot. But when he does, he steals the scenes. Oh, he steals know? the scenes. It's, yeah. Those newspaper scenes are fantastic. We mentioned how Robbie gives him the look early on. And, you know, I could get more than that on eBay. That when he, you know, he admits like he defeated Spider Man and then he later on admits he's a hero and then he changes his mind when he steals his suit back. I like love, it's so pitch perfect. I love like it's comedic brilliance when he's got the suit on. Mm-hmm. And he's thwipping around the office, and yeah. you just see With the, the three of them. Oh yeah, my God. the three of them just are like in the office. Like Robbie's in shock, the other guy's like almost off put, and she's like happy. She's yeah. like smiling, and then he does give the beautiful speech. Yes, he was a hero, 
And then he still says, he's a murderer. <laughs> it's classic Jonah. It's oh, classic it's Jonah. And this this franchise is, I fell in love with Elizabeth Banks. Oh, I'm so awesome. glad you mentioned her. I was going to go there. Yeah, yeah. I first saw her in Spider-Man and I was in love with her ever since. She's absolutely amazing. Um, I love her as Betty Brant. You know, it just, it's a shame we never got more of her. I would love to see, you know, her and Ned Leeds. Yeah. <laughs> in this version of Betty, sure. whatever version of Ned, that would be, that would have been something I would have liked. Um, I loved I loved when when he's got the the three hundred dollar advance or, and she tells him yeah this isn't even going to cover your advance she's mm-hmm. she's she's kind of like the boss of the office there right I mean she's yeah. got control of everything but she's very sympathetic wonderful um, you know Pete you're right about this it 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 does remind me of the Burton when I look at these two franchises. You're right about the Spider-Man, Raimi. It, it's got that Burton-ness feel to it. It's, you could tell Where who's it's, directing it. it it's yeah. timeless, which is why sometimes when, again, and I don't mean to be negative, but when I see people on Twitter and the community say these movies are dated or they're they're sappy. When was the um, last time you watched them? <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, I, I, I'm trying to think of kids your age, Nick, maybe that that don't resonate. It doesn't, it doesn't feel they don't resonate. Well, with all them. of a sudden, films with emotion and love and personal struggle aren't cheesy and cheap and boring. Right. I mean, it's, it's sad to think, right. It's, it's sad to think that, and there's even, you know, some people who I really love and respect who are very knowledgeable, the comics and stuff who say that about these films too. And I'm like, so you're telling me like the scene with that may or the conversation with MJ, like, no, it's him talking to John Favreau and with his hot aunt and yeah, making a suit on a private jet. Like that's that's well, what we're going for. Like yeah, it's I mean, so it's so take away essential parts of the story and it lacks. I mean, like, you know, you can't tell the story of Nico Caruso without Nicholas Caruso, right? Exactly, I mean, it's man. It's impossible to tell that story. And again, like we were mentioning just like uh Doc Connors and the few scenes he has in this movie. You know, you want to see that version of the lizard, like him and Octavius and brilliant, but lazy, you know, they come up with that line together. (laughs) It's like, it's everything in everything in these movies has like lasting effect. It really, it leaves you, there's so much heart and emotion and passion. And, you know, it's kind of a love story to be Uh, honest. Dude, you, you are reading my mind. I would, what did I say to him watching the movie? I said, it's really just a love story. You've got Octavius and his love and what the loss of love will do. And, what Peter does by denying himself love and what it puts right. him through eventually to the point of him being so conflicted, he loses his powers for a little bit, right? Like Correct. he's created that much head trauma. So it, 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 it there's a lot of love in this story. And, and it, family, it, Pete, you've got family love. Yeah. You've got love of your mm-hmm. friends. It's one gigantic love story, which again, has a young man reading Spider-Man. It was always kind of based on that. Um, the, the neglecting of, his own personal happiness, the sacrifice that he makes because with the great power comes responsibility. So go ahead. And that's always been Peter's character in character in the comics is his love and his relationship with his side characters. I feel like the biggest thing that I think gets lost or misconstrued is I think these modern comic book films, a lot of them have either no love stories or don't really do them well, or that, are memorable like i'm trying to think of an mcu love interest well you've got you've got gamora and star lord 
there's Peggy, there's Gamora Peggy, that Star transcends Lord. a few movies, yeah. Right, yeah. that transcends a few movies to the point where, like, and the thing about Batman, you got Iron the Man comics and comics, and that, that one's ridiculous. I know, I know. Get out of here, <laughs> but like, you know, there's himself too much, there's exactly there's a character like Batman and Bruce Wayne who, in the comics and on film, there's not really an ongoing love thing. There's Rachel in the Nolans, but you know, that ends tragically, mm-hmm. and then there's you know, the new version of Cat Cat Woman, Woman, right? But, but still, but, P- but even in the comics, you know, he's bounced around, but Peter's yeah. love for. Gwen and MJ is always, and his supporting characters is a really important part story. of his character. Mm-hmm. His hopeless romantic. It defines, can't get it the girl. defines him. Basically. He's a love story. He's, he is he's a, a romantic story. character. I mean, at the opening yeah. act of the movie states as much, right? He drives. Yeah. He, he almost runs over Mr. Aziz because he's staring at the billboard, just dreaming about her. And, and he's also a great friend. He's the kind of guy you could call and say, hey, I'm moving. You need to come help me. Right. Mm-hmm. That's Peter Parker. Right. I mean, he's. Yeah, he's unreliable and he's not going to show up on time, but at the core of it, he's going to do, he's always going to put somebody else ahead of himself. He is the selfless hero. And, you know, MJ feels the love as well. She's clearly, I mean, she does the, she, she makes John's head hang over the couch to do the kiss and she doesn't feel anything. Mm -hmm. Um, And and in 2.1, there's an extended cut with Louise where, I mean, I don't know how they cut that scene out of the movie. Oh, that's a great scene. That scene is almost as powerful as anything Aunt May said, you know, coming from the other side and MJ's side. Mm -hmm. I was like, if you could, if you had to put anything back in, I think that's the one scene that does it. It's so brilliant. Um, And she basically is like, do you love this guy? You know, just question like, you know, you love Peter, you know, and, you know, MJ really thinks about it. And uh, it's just brilliant. And I love I was supposed to say, like, I don't understand how people can just criticize the dynamic between Toby and Dunst. It just, it works for me. He looks, she's, she's, he's at, she's out of his league. He's a nerdy little dude, but somehow they make it work. And that's, that's what MJ is. MJ's, MJ's the fox we never could have, but Peter somehow made it out of the friend zone. Yeah, so, right. like, he's the champion of champions. He is <laughs> he the legend. It. Yeah. Um, and it's, I do like what Raimi does with the love interest in this movie. Like, he makes them like, with in the first one, it's the Green Goblin and Aunt May, right? Like he, he, that's the person that Peter loves. I feel like <clears> most of the time in the movie, and she's almost like the sacrificial lamb for this great scary scene. And I think the diner scene kind of works in that way in this film. Like it, I just see parallels there. And I was just wondering what you guys thought of just comparing those because I feel like that that Aunt May scene's really scary. You know, it's terrifying. And then he's 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 Ock, obviously. You know, he comes, he takes MJ away, and then Peter has to figure out what he wants to do and. You know, I I think both of them are very just powerful scenes. Yeah, I would say, yeah. I mean, it's hard to it's it's hard to pick one or without you know talking about both. But I think both of them are really are really well done. You know, the hospital one and the diner because one is one is Peter initiating, the other mm-hmm. is MJ initiating. So everything he would want her to say back to him in that first one is happening in the mm-hmm. second one and that the yearnings there you're you're longing for them to be together in these films and yeah. it hurts every time they're not it hurts when he says he can't because you know yeah. he doesn't believe that and she doesn't necessarily believe it either it hurts her if she doesn't understand it and then it all there's such a great payoff when she sees him as spider-man at the end mm-hmm. and gets it Mm-hmm. And when he tells her he still can't, and then the full payoff when she leaves, 
uh, Jameson at the wedding and does the whole, she's going to make her own choice to go get him tiger. And just the way she still looks a little worried at the yeah. end, still the weight of these choices, the weight of responsibility. Now MJ gets to feel the weight that Peter felt for these two films. And that is a genius yeah. point as well. It's absolutely awesome. Hey, when he's delivered to Harry, one act delivers him to Harry oh, yeah. and Harry's just absolutely stunned to see that his friend is Spider-Man. But I love when he gives him that line and he says, there's bigger things than us, Harry. Yeah. It just, He's got MJ. And even here for three, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And even Harry, who's even Harry gets kind of shell shocked by that, you mm-hmm. know, but clearly this is when he makes his decision that he is going to do anything he can to protect MJ. Yeah. And MJ has now fallen victim, obviously, to Dr. Ock, and he's got to do whatever he can. He's got to get his powers back. He's got to be strong. I like I like that you brought up Harry and him finding out about Peter, because I, I really thought how Raimi interpreted like Harry's kind of insanity and pos- you know his his drug use. Right. Like he, he kind of reinterpreted it with like a little bit of alcohol and a, probably a little bit of mind games with the mirror stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I thought it was I really. I enjoyed what I got in this movie a lot more than what I got in three. While I love Harry Osborn in three, it's whatever that surfboard guy is. I don't appreciate <laughs> yeah. it. It's like, it sets up like in my mind, I'm like, okay, he's spray painting this thing orange and we get hobgoblin in the next film, you know? And yeah. just him finding the Kate, uh, the, 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 you know, what's it called? The goblin uh, cash. The lair, the lair, yeah, the lair. Like it's, yeah. I really dug how he did that and how it was just kind of like Harry's internal, like thinking and, you know, it's just by, you know, sheer luck, he finds the cash. And I just, it's a missed opportunity that he tried to change. I, I don't know what Sam was thinking in the third movie. Um, you know, I think if you just give it a, a paint job, I think it works a lot better than it does with him and looking like he's snowboarding off the top of a mountain. But I, I dig everything about Harry in this movie. It's crazy how he's just kind of like, you know, behind the scenes, just facilitating the whole film. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I remember when I saw this and I can remember the first time I saw it in the theater when, when the old man pops up in the mirror, avenge me. Yeah. <laughs> he tells him you're weak and he throws the dagger. He throws a knife through the, the mirror and the whole, the whole thing opens up the secret, the secret mm-hmm. case and you see the bombs and you see the glider. I just remember thinking like you Pete, like where it went was not where I wanted it to go, yeah. but it, the, the, I remember like sitting there like, and I knew there was still time to go in this movie, but I'm like, my God, this is what we're going to, yeah. we're going to get this story in we're three. Get, and what we and got doesn't take away from this at all. Like, it doesn't, doesn't take, doesn't which take is why away. I get so all. mad at people like this movie ruined my child. I'm like, shut up. No, no, I no, no. <laughs> Spider-Man three has no ill effects on Spider-Man no. one or two at all. I could, I could forget three really exists. <laughs> me too. Totally content. That's why I told you, Pete, like for me, and I'm not a hater of three, but for me, after we watched this movie last night and a month ago, we watched one. I told him I'd be perfectly content to live in a world where these were just the two Spider-Man movies that I got. That's me personally. They're heavy. Of, they're, they're, of course they're, I want to so see. Heavy. Of course I want to see 30 more. You know what I mean? Yeah. I want to see him keep going, but those are, they're so well done. And the, iteration of spider-man they do is is my spider-man it's the spider-man that i grew up loving the one that i understand yeah and so for me it's enough i don't know how you feel but well i agree with you both but here's the thing um and i'll bring this up when we talk about three um i have a list that one day i'll get into on one of these shows i'm on i'll get into 
my list. There's a list in my brain that I've collected over the years where let's call the list the comic book film generic takes that you just have. The takes people learn or adopt because it's trendy. Listen, if you take out most of the Venom and the emo Peter scene, Spider-Man 3 is a pretty good movie. <laughs> I think you take away the dancing. I think, it, you know. That's what he means, the emo. Some of the Venom stuff feels a little mm-hmm. extra in force, but it's one of those like crazy third act trilogy where like you let it go. People only remember Spider-Man 3 because of emo Peter. I promise you people who say they hate 3 have not watched that film since 2007. Uh, I'm I trying. Promise. <laughs> it's I'm with you on that. If he does the dark Peter differently, I think it changes yeah, the And movie. we've talked about this on a on a show way back when we compared him to Anakin, Anakin when you were watching yeah. the when you were watching the Star Wars prequels. That was a good show. Um yeah. yeah, just a little bit of creative stuff here and there. And Spider-Man 3 is fine. The Sandman stuff is outstanding. Mm. The Sandman yeah. stuff is great in that movie. So um I live with these three. And like you guys said, I don't think three devalues one and two. I actually think three still makes this a pretty decent story. Yeah, it's three's not horrible. Decent... It's it's not Batman and Robin. It doesn't derail everything. No, and I doesn't. do fantasize of what a four could could have been. I do. I really do. I do. Oh, well, he said, you know, you no. got Vulture, you got Black Cat. Like that would have been the direction. Vol- There's no. I recently was doing some reading and he, Voltress was not a thing. She was uh, no. Anne Hathaway was not going to be no a female vulture like sidekick. She was going to be Black Cat. So and if you you saw that little vignette that they showed, it was it's pretty violent. His oh, battle with the vulture. I saw that. You watched out, that, that was right? Great. Pete, that, that little. Yeah. Uh, I mean, the little CGI art. kind of storyboard. I mean, yeah, I, that was about as violent as it comes. You want to talk about the Sam Raimi, yeah. Raimi horror? That was that a was, damn yeah, I mean, good fight. The fight you know? scenes with Goblin were good. Uh, the fight scenes with Aqua were great. I, I, there's no reason why I think he couldn't do it. You know, like he 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 seems to have kind of a knack for this actiony stuff. Um, so it, it, I'm just I'm, as I'm watching it right now, it's just it's still you know there would be no doubt in my mind that he could pull that off. And I would have liked to seen the eventual marriage between Peter and MJ. True. I would have I would have loved to seen that come to fruition and see that on the big screen. I would have been very satisfied in a four if they would have. I don't know if that's where they were going with it, but if it did get yeah, to that point, I hope so. Um, yeah. And then it's been all, very happy with it. You know, I'm almost at the point where it's kind of a blessing in disguise that it kind of ended where it did uh, yeah. just because he, it's almost felt like he, they were straying too far away from what it really was, what made it magical, you know, like, and then it's like, once you randomly throwing Gwen in this new surf goblin in three, you know, things start changing a little bit and it starts to become more Hollywood than it does Spider-Man. It does. Yeah. It did. So it, it's almost like, you know, he gets to a Spider-Man for who knows what really happens or what, you know, what's at stake there. And, you know, these two, you know, few, again, really <laughs> organic web shooters aside, he, he really captures everything so perfectly that, uh, you know, at the end of three, you're kind of like, okay, things are really starting to take, take uh, they're really taking their own course here. So yeah, absolutely. might be a blessing in disguise. You're probably right. You're probably right. But um, one of the things that struck me too, when we were watching, obviously is when MJ does decide to leave Mr. Jameson at the altar. Yeah. And it's just such a beautiful, it's a beautiful scene when she shows up at his apartment and, mm-hmm. And tells him who's going to save you, Peter. And it's very emotional. I mean, it's for me, another one of those great speeches. In the I, movie. I feel the love, man. I really do. I, it's, it's very heartwarming. And, and I feel 
I'm so happy for the both of them, to be honest with you, but I'm really happy for Peter mm-hmm. because it's like he he's going to get what he wants. You know what I mean? He's he's for the first time in his life. He's going to be happy. He's going to get the love of his life. I also said to Nick, one of the great scenes in the movie that I forgot about because I haven't seen it for a while is after the call comes and she says, go get him, Tiger, and he's swinging through the city. Yeah. It does pan back on her face, right? Mm-hmm. And she looks pretty tormented. It's like this she's is my life ha- now. She's yeah. happy. She's got him, right, Pete? For now, but, but the realization her. is this like, be the last time I see him. Like a policeman's yeah. wife, a firefighter's yeah. wife, right? I, I was thinking of that New York connection yeah. a little bit. That la- yeah. this like, be the la- like they walk outdoors, she flies out windows. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, this like might be the last time he goes like, out is, that and is wasn't that a beautiful way to end it? Like I Great. forgot about that great i it did was, it was it was a, a great way to end it and i think she sells it well i think her performance is fine I think yeah, she yeah. Sells it well. you know it's the final reality check that he gets throughout the movie like he gets like five or six reality checks mm-hmm. throughout the film and this one is kind of like you know all the speeches and, and through you know all the kind of quote-unquote therapy he goes throughout the film he finally kind of finds himself in a good spot at the end of this movie accepting both parts of his life because he can just be honest with mj and they're just open and you know, they know what they're in store for. They'll have to come through it together, but it seems that they're in this together. And, uh, and I think we would be remiss if we didn't talk about, which I love as a creative choice again, is the idea of him doubting himself is how he loses his powers, how he starts Mm -hmm. to, I mean, we're all of us are our own arch nemesis is right. We are all our own supervillain with self doubt, with anxiety, with depression. He starts, not wanting the responsibility and i think it's perfectly summed up in the scene in his dream scene with uncle ben where he's starting to lose his powers losing these abilities it's a mental thing the doctor he shows him too it's a very real relatable thing we're we're that was a great uh, scene we're our own hardest critic we're our own worst enemy worst enemy and it's when he realizes that he chooses responsibilities when those powers fully come back. We're right after that car comes through and he sees MJ gone. He sees, I gotta be Spider-Man. Yeah, no, I'm with you. I, it's, I don't know <laughs> for anyone to say that this isn't not only one of the greatest comic movies ever made, but the, literally the best Spider-Man movie to date, oh, yeah. you know, you know, we'll find yeah. out in December if it still holds that title, but you know, I, you know, I think you really got to take a look in the mirror <laughs> if you're questioning the greatness that is Spider-Man. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. From the opening mm-hmm. credits to the, the, you know, the final music montage. It's it's wonderful. It's much more than a comic book film to me after yeah. watching it again for probably the 30th time last night. But it it's just like has a, has a middle aged man who I'm going to get corny here, but, you know, started a new journey of my own and gone through some couple of crazy years here with some of the stuff that's going on. It, it really is a self reflection mm-hmm. and it, it's a reminder of the power of love and, you know, believing in yourself and being optimistic. And again, I might be corny, but it's more than just a comic book movie. It's, it's so much deeper. It's so much deeper and layered and meaningful than, just about anything we're getting today. And that's no knock on what we're getting today. I'm not telling you what we're getting it's today. Just on not, a different level. It's just on a different level. I'm not saying like, oh, it's better. That's better. Yeah. What we're getting today is good. It's fun. There's some consequences. With this movie, Sam Raimi, the writers, it's just, it, it's a great inner reflection that everybody can kind of learn something 
from these two Spider-Man movies beyond the fact that Peter Parker's Spider-Man. Honest to God, there's more to these movies than that. Yeah. Yep. No, it's it's just everything I want Spider-Man to be, really. I just, I miss these days. I really too, do. man. I do, you too. Know, while I'm excited to see where uh, No Way Home uh, takes sure. us, so it could be a possibility. I just, I miss the Spider-Man stuff, you know, the J- the Jameson, Betty Brand, all that stuff. Like, yeah. I miss that. And I, I missed it in the amazing movies as much as I like Amazing One. Yeah. Um, that's why, again, it's it's more than just Peter Parker. It's it's everything else that comes with him. And I think the Raimi movies really embold everything about just the character that uh, Lee and Ditko created so many years ago. How important is it to you to see Toby if he's in No Way Home? It's everything. It really is. Well, I love that. It's, it's, it is. It's everything. It's everything. I don't know how you can't. I don't know how you. <laughs> having Toby come back has really hyped up this movie even more, I think. Yeah. You know, the potential. Yeah. If, well, to, all three of them, to, to even to get uh, Andrew back, it's just. Yep. It's it's more to me, honestly, I'm I hear more people buzzed about seeing those two than they are about the movie itself. Yeah. Um, which is, you know, kind of, you know, a concern I have also for the flash. Like, is everyone really yeah. for this? Look at like, CMK. Was, right? yeah. yeah, it's Keaton yeah. back in the cow. You know, that's that's a yeah. big deal. Um, I was at a party this weekend and people were talking about the flash movie and Keaton and not the Batman. And I thought that was very interesting. You know, interesting. these are people my age. So, yeah. you know, I was like, wow, that movie doesn't have a trailer yet. Um, but, you know, that's very. And hey, the GA, it, it, when uh, when you talk to them, you know, people outside of the podcast realm, you get a very interesting perspective on things because sure. it's like very the, those guys. Are, I, I tell you, I'm the only one in that party who was on Twitter. Yeah. <laughs> sure, sure. No one's as deep as I am at that party. So I thought it was fascinating that Keaton and the Flash was the thing that was dump, coming up. But yeah, no, it's 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 Toby and Ock, like the two of them, yeah. and even uh, Defoe. Yeah, I, I mean, you know, they didn't even show Defoe. We're all pumped. We saw Pumpkin Bomb. Who who knows who the hell could that could be, right? Like if Dean DeHaan shows up, start a mutiny. Oh man. Uh, but uh, no, it's and I'm sure you guys feel the same way. It's to- Toby is the, the the it factor for that movie for me. Hundred percent. I want to see how he's used. Is he in for five minutes? Is he in for half an hour? What like, is it just a post credit thing? Like, uh, you it's know, everything when he comes back. Dude. It really oh, is. Pete it, spoke for us all, man, and 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 it's true. It's everything. What did Zeddy say? We need seatbelts in the theater. Yeah, we're gonna need seatbelts. <laughs> we're gonna in the need theater. some seatbelts. We need oxygen. Really? Masks. <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna be very interesting to find out. Yeah, you know, and that's you know. Well, I'm pumped for that movie is just the unknown. Yeah. You know, uh, Inception Batman, uh, Inception Spider-Man. It's, it yeah. seems very fascinating to me, but it is fascinating, man. I am, I am really looking forward to that. I mean, we've got some great things coming up before that and after that, yeah. but when I see that young man on the screen again, it's going to be oh, something. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And Andrew too. Yeah. But, but I just have to give it the, the nod to Toby because yeah. he was the first he was like, like we said, I think on our show, you know, Christopher Reeve made me believe a man could fly. Yeah. Toby Maguire made me believe that Spider-Man could exist in a real yeah. world, that there really could be mm-hmm. somebody like me that waited all those years to see a live action Spider-Man. It's just, there, there's nothing like it, man. Uh-oh. Did you watch the, the, was it the seventies CBS TV show? I did. Of course I did. With okay. Nicholas Hammond. Yeah. So like, did that, uh, did you no. get any feels from that show? Sure. I thought it was okay, but it yeah. wasn't, you know, it, it, it didn't, it looked like what it was. It looked fake. Okay. It looked like a Saturday morning. Um, you know, they used to have these things like Shazam and ISIS on, on, uh, yes. Shazam out of like a Winnebago. <laughs> remember those you were too young, but you've probably seen. Yeah. I've watched episodes on that. So it, 
Yeah. So it, it, it reminded me of something like that. Okay. You know, almost like uh, it wasn't even to the level anywhere of where Wonder Woman was with Linda Carter. And the Hulk. And the, those were around the same better, time. Like, those are two of the, the Hulk, crop. The Hulk was far superior in terms mm. of, and again, I was a young man, but even at that time, it was written better. I was, was watching the Hulk on Netflix, man. I think that stuff's really great. Like, I would love to see. It's not too body- big speed. Yeah. <laughs> I'd love to see uh, some sort of bodybuilder She-Hulk in live action, to be honest. Yeah. You know, with that new uh, Disney Plus show. So there's hope. No, it's interesting. I never, I'd love to, I, I've never watched that CBS show. I'd love to get my hands on a copy and I'd love to talk about it with you guys. I think it'd be fascinating. Oh, we'll do it. We'll find it's got to be on YouTube or something. We'll it's, it's figure it out. Somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. I want to do that. And I want to get the, the 60s Spider-Man cartoon. I want to own oh, those. Are, oh yeah. yeah. Those are, you know, there's a, we got, we got a lot to cover. I want to, I, I was, I'd I like us I, to get through the movies me. before yeah. December. We might have to have yeah. a bonus episode <laughs> to get through, Well, but that's it. So for the next couple ones, we're definitely getting the movies involved. So definitely uh, next month, you'll definitely get a, spider-man 3 and the editor's cut take from us yeah. uh, i'm looking forward to it. i've never seen the editor's cut so, I don't think i have either i no. haven't either so yeah, i bought it on uh itunes it came with both versions so i'm really pumped for that um awesome yeah we watch what ours on amazon right yeah we had to get a 2.1 from amazon we do not own 2.1 yeah i bought it uh oh man i remember this was a big deal for me i went out and i bought this on dvd the day it came out in 2007 because it came out corresponding with three it was like the promo thing and that was fun i i couldn't wait and uh yeah two point it was like my first like real uh endeavor into the the director's cuts and then blade runner came and the, you know like everything of uh, the domino effect that was the seven alternate cuts of blade runner and then you found out about the, the donner cut later on and all that stuff so and zack snyder's justice league it, it, it look it, it's it's a thing <laughs> you know there, there's like clearly a need for this one last thing in the movie we forgot how about the little quip with his back when I, he love, I love that. That's one of my favorite scenes. A controversy going into this movie. Almost Jake Gyllenhaal. Yeah. Was he going to play Spider-Man? Because his he back. was his back money. Really? A lot. I remember I didn't know that. really nervous because Jake Gyllenhaal was in the wings to take over. Ready to and they be. Were gonna re, they were going to recast, huh? Yes, sir. Yeah. They were. That's so interesting. We were going to recast recently him. to hear this story because he talked yeah. about it on. Uh, on Howard Stern during mm-hmm. promo for Far right. From Home, he talked about his very story. How he almost got the he he was he, he was, was there he was there he was he had the suit on he was ready to roll. And so this is back in a time where obviously we didn't have Twitter. So for is this, wait, is this for Spider Man or Spider Man Two? They were going to recast Man Two. Oh, really? Okay, recast because yeah. he was holding out. He said he heard. His he back. said he hurt his back. He was holding. I, I don't remember this. I don't remember this at all. Played out over entertainment tonight a little bit. That's how I was kind of getting my news because right. I, I, I always tell you guys this Spider-Man one was the beginning of the box office mojo for me Yeah, where I had discovered that site and was kind of tracking the box mm-hmm. office of it because mm-hmm. at the end of Spider-Man, when I walked out of there, I wanted nothing more than a sequel. Right. I was like, there's going to be a sequel. This has to be big. And I, and that began my fascination 
with box office numbers. Which, I didn't know Mojo was active back then. I mean, it's kind of gone to shit now, but. Oh God, I don't even, I can't, I don't, well, first of all, there's nothing even to track anymore, but <laughs> yeah, um, it's all it. there for us on Twitter right now. You know, somebody will, will tell us. Me and Nico it, are trying to have an argument about 89, but we couldn't because the numbers were off and we're like, I was like, numbers were off. Yeah. I was like, wait, what's going on here? Like this site used to be like reliable. Now it sucks. Yeah. No, 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 no. It's all, it's all screwed up. But, but those were the days where I started that stuff. And uh, again, that was a very tense time in the world of Spider-Man because wow, okay. there was a little bit a legitimate chance that Jake Gyllenhaal was going to take over. That's interesting. I, uh, he's a great actor. Um, you know, it worked for, you know, Keaton to Kilmer. Uh, I would, you know, I'd be interested to see what it would work if that would work in the franchises, you know, two years apart, you know, very Is interesting. Cut somewhere. Nope. Is there the hashtag release the Gyllenhaal cut? Well, I would. I guess you. The only thing you could kind of compare it to is Back to the Future, right? Like before uh, Michael J. Fox actually got that role, it was somebody else. Yeah. And that person just didn't have chemistry with Doc, uh, whatever uh, Lloyd, and they just yeah, they just scrapped it and reshot everything with Michael J. Fox. So I think that's probably the only thing I've ever heard that could probably compare to that. Mm. Um, maybe there's something else out there. I don't know. Interesting. But, yeah. yeah. All right. Well, that was fun. I, I enjoy. I'm glad none of us teared up while talking about this. Oh, well, we saved I was close to private screenings. <laughs> I was close to one when talking about him getting saved by the people on the train. But that yeah. was yeah. No, it's good stuff. Uh, now we're just gonna we're gonna take a just a completely different direction and uh, finish up Zadarsky's Spider Man Spider Shadow uh, three through five. Um, this is probably the darkest we've ever seen Spider Man in yeah. any. Like this may, <laughs> this literally does make Spider-Man three look like a joke. <laughs> this, you know, if you're going to talk about uh, symbiotes and everything, um, really, what really interests me was the amount of importance of the Fantastic Four in these three issues, and just how I, w- if I had to, you know, well, overall the series, if I had to compare the series to anything, I compared to Deceased because nobody's safe. Oh, right no. in the first two issues, uh, uh, Scorpion, Shocker, Aunt May, Hobgoblin, all die. <laughs> Horrible death. And uh, you know, Spider-Man and the symbiote are really a force to be reckoned with. And Jameson getting the Sinister Six together, and then you know, by the end of issue two, you're like, oh crap, Eddie Brock is Doc Ock. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which eventually Jameson calls him Brock Ock. It's hysterical. But what did you guys think overall? I mean, issue three is pretty much all about the Sinister Six fight, and you know, uh, just just go into it. I want to hear your thoughts. Yeah, man, I thought this was a pretty interesting what if story. Um, it it really takes its liberties. It's scary. No Mm -hmm. one's. I do like how it goes back to something we talked about, Pete. The whole thing about why Peter, you know, is afraid of the symbiote and got rid of it is that fear and of that fear of losing people. So he actually capitalized on it here and he goes down that red hood thing where let's That's just good call. Yeah. Let's yeah. Just the villains. It's better, but he's losing himself in the process. He's viewed as a villain. Now the the city's scared of him. It proves Jameson, right? Which is one of my favorite things about the story is it's not, it's not just what if, he kept the alien suit and got and turned into venom. It was what if Jameson was actually right? And he's yeah. What is the actual, what if, what is the actual, what if? And I just, I like, I'm with you, Pete. He's always been tight with fantastic four. We haven't seen that. I really hope we do see that coming up in the MCU and the fantastic four gets introduced. I agree. Um, I did like the way they were used. I liked the way a lot of the Avengers were used. Um, 
seeing the symbiotes take over people and take over part of the city felt a lot of like King and Black, which I just read. Yes, I was going to ask you about that. It was a little, it fell. I was reading issue four and the too much going, uh, yeah, yeah, a little like this symbiote thing taking over people again. I wish it was just him, but um, remind I, me of Joker War and Three Jokers happening at the same right? time, right? And but I do think the interactions with MJ, the resilience of Peter, and then I I will talk about the actual ending together. But I thought they ended it in actually an interesting way. How Peter had to re revamp his hero image after saving. I'm with. I actually think that was brilliant. To be honest with you, I'm with you on everything about the King in Black and all that stuff, and, and on the ending, Mister C. Yeah, you know, for me, I was telling him I was kind of disappointed in it after issue two. Mm-hmm. Um, I did like three, the, the sinister stick stuff. Uh, I love the fact that Jameson was such an important role in it. Mm-hmm. Like you guys said, but from three to four, it just felt like it just got too crazy for me again. And so, maybe, maybe it is the King and black hangover, if you will. Mm-hmm. Um, it was kind of obvious to me what was going to happen with Reed and the Fantastic Four. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, I, I, I mean, and then, and then you got the Avengers involved, and I don't know. For me, it just didn't land. I, I was, I was kind of reading it, and the ending was okay. I thought, I thought it was interesting how it did end, but that fourth issue, I don't know, guys. It's just, it's a little bit. I just felt like it, you. it wasn't really that original. I don't know for I hear me. You. I was surprised at how little of Aunt May's funeral, just as a story overall, we, we, yeah. you know, it, yeah. it's just mentioned. Um, you, you know, you don't even really know she dies until they, Man Jay's like, I haven't seen you since the funeral. And yeah. she, he, you know, he's not talking about Kingsley. Um, yeah. <laughs> so it, it, it was kind of almost like wash, uh, brushed under the rug there. Um, but I was, I'm with you on the, fanta- on the, the Avenger stuff. I, I, I really liked what they did with the Fantastic Four. Because you saw Johnny lost his temper and he's a hothead, you know, no pun intended. Mm-hmm. But I thought the fact that they embraced him and welcomed him, like I, I feel like no one else would do that but the Fantastic Four. Mm-hmm. Right? Like we're going to do this together, and we, you know, we we need a type of Reed figure. I feel like it's a smooth transition. But also, just you know, the way they end it with the Kingpin, you know, the Kingpin possibly being controlled by the symbiote could be the scariest thing ever. Yeah. Right. Like, you know, I think the only thing you compare it to is like Lex Luthor obtaining anti-life. Like, mm. it's literally like, that's it. That's the end game. No one else can win. <laughs> right. And I, you know, I, I just, again, how he ended the book, I'm with you. It gets a little muddy in the, in the middle there. Um, it, it, issue three really catches me. Cause it's again, a sinister sticks. You get, you get a, you get a, what's it called? A spider slayer. You know, yeah. you get, you get all the classic villains in there and they team up and everything. And you get this new version of Eddie Brock, which, you know, Jameson calls him out on his BS. I, I appreciated that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but uh, four, I'm with you. Four was kind of a letdown. I just, I feel, I was like, man, this just, I, it popped in my head. Like, man, this is all King and Black. Yeah. yeah. It, was a little, it was a little funky for me. Yeah, um, to me. And then, and then, you know, like the, once again, not that you're looking for him to be held responsible, but it's just like, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's like they're all, they all just get let go because they were under control of the symbiote and sure. all the killings. It just, it just felt like Starro. kind of convenient writing. Yeah. Exactly. You know what I mean? Uh, maybe I'm still pissed when he kills Electro, you know, because I hate oh, it. Yeah, I hate it. I got Max Dillon. I didn't like that. But, uh, you know, when Sue comes to him 
and they have that she has that little beautiful talk with him yeah. about what yeah. reed, what and reed the, meant and and yeah. where you know what what reed stood for that's pretty good i'm not going to lie to you that was interesting to me that felt a little bit different the kingpin have they is there a continuation of this guys or, or i don't know i don't know it's I'm not sure those things that you're reading it the symbiote says stuff, or no? to be continued in the back i haven't okay. heard anything from zadarsky does it? it doesn't say that mine no i want to say it says to be continued right I'm i don't know yeah. Doesn't say to be continued. I I wish it said to be. Continued. No, it's just, I get I get you get an end when you get a look at the new Fantastic Four, and then you get an epilogue page, and that's it. Okay, that's it. Well, but uh, I'm I'm fine with this being self-contained within this one story, letting yeah. some head candy go. I'm not sure that I need to. I kind of like the books that they're doing that you're reading. The symbiote takes the stories. Yeah, the Peter stories. David stuff. Yeah, that's good. We'll get to that as well. They got those five stuff. story arcs. And yeah, there's, there's a lot of team ups. There's some different team ups in those books, right? He's the Hulk right now. Is oh, in the, the best one. was the last one when it was uh, Black Suit Spidey. It was Rocket, Rocket Raccoon. It was Kang the Conqueror and the Black Knight. Like that. Yes, yeah. uh, Alien Reality. Yeah, 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 that one was just a mosh posh. And, and you, and Nico, you would love you. I see that's right up your alley because that oh, takes place during the clone saga, exactly. Or which the, is it called? The, the alien, com- the complete alien costume saga, alien, or whatever that costume uh, book's called. And Rambo is in those too. So, it was yeah, her Captain yeah. Marvel at the time. But no, I, I'll, I'll tell you, I want to say, Pete, I loved him joining the Fantastic Four because mm-hmm. he's always been tied with them. Like, mm-hmm. he's always looked up to Reed, you know, that's a relationship. Like I said, we haven't seen that's very known. He's tight with Johnny. So the fact that they were the ones who helped him, and then the idea that what Spider Man became was this very scary thing this villain, him wearing the mask, wearing the costume. So to now show his face and be a hero as yeah. Peter Parker, not Spider Man, but to be welcome into the family, the Fantastic Four, I thought was, I thought was cool. And I know they played around with it with the Future Foundation stuff after Johnny died, but I like how it's pete instead of reed yeah, this is different this is totally different pete instead of john oh yeah totally different thing but i like how and and the twist got me with but this symbiote was scary when it leaves reed and then it kills him and said he's too smart yeah he's yeah. too smart like, that was a pretty yeah. wild yeah. twist yeah, was, I, was like, was, I didn't see that coming and then when you find out that it's actually johnny waiting to blow up the symbiote using a, an image a, a, image image uh what camouflage thing whatever the hell that thing's called i can't remember what it's actually called but uh, I thought that was pretty brilliant because then, you know, that that no takes on a different meaning, mm-hmm. whereas you think Peter's watching Reed die. It's not. It's actually Johnny in disguise. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I thought that twist was great. And, you know, you know, I, I liked I liked watching uh, Johnny just go flame on and his, his eye kind of illuminates a little bit. Um, busy, yeah. I thought Pasquale Ferry, he did the art in the book. He did a fantastic job. I, I, I don't see anything wrong with the art. I, I like how the. The characters are portrayed it's not uber realistic um he there's kind of a early you know version of like the thing he's got the brow and he looks very st- it, it, it looks good like that he's got that wide face and he yeah. got the, all the villains the way he did they're all they're yeah. all fun. Yeah, i thought he did fantastic they look I just, classic i mean 100 and yeah that's always an a in my book man my my only gripe artistically with the book is mj's a brunette it seems like through or at least have black hair it's weird yeah usually it's, it's i like a highlight but this is way too too much for my take sure. there she doesn't even look like a redhead at all. so but that's it but outside of that no i mean i'm with nico i thought i thought the ending of the book really got me and just um, I, you know, if they did a sequel to this, I wouldn't be upset. Um, but I don't think it's it's needed. No. Nah. Um, traditionally, aren't what if books one offs? I I feel like this is the first time I've seen a five issue what if story. This nah. kind of took me by surprise. 
I don't recall either. They're just they used to be a single self-contained store. Yeah. My parts. I wonder um, if Zadarcy's going to keep jumping between characters, or you're going to see mm. a writer do one at a time. Um, I think this was a cool one to start with. What What would be a what if you guys want to see? And oh, like, God. like play out. I mean, I know that's the most vague question I could ever ask. Yeah, you oh, man. I don't know. I mean, we got the show going. We haven't even watched the show yet. No, we I, haven't I haven't either. Just I mean, at the time, you know, it's like what's like. What's, what if the Red Skull got the Super Soldier formula? Like, is that is that a story that's been? I feel like that's an easy one to come up with, but something like that. Um, sure. I've always like. I recently purchased them. I haven't read them, but like, I want to read. I have it. What if Spider Man? And it's part of my uh, Straight Outta Gotham contest. What if Spider Man kept the six arms? Yeah. What if Spider Man married Black Hat instead? You know, the, the, and it's like those classic ones that you're able to find. Yeah. Like, oh my god, I can't wait to see these or read these like i can't wait to to get my hands and on them and actually read it like the what if books are fun because unlike the else worlds i feel like one if what if sort like you like we said earlier just self-contained um it, it's one and done uh this is the first time i've seen it go along like this but i've for some reason i feel like i've always appreciated what ifs more than else worlds because i feel like else worlds are so drastically different for the most part yeah right whereas what ifs like this feels still very spider-man-y even though it takes a completely different path like it's you one know, like, twice that plays out in the same context mm-hmm. of the universe that was. Yeah. 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 Like, and, and and the Elseworld things can, they could also be period pieces too. Yes. Uh, yeah. Which is a little bit different. Gas, you know? Gaslight. Gaslight. Uh, yeah. I think Tom Taylor's doing one right now. Like, was it like, I don't know. The Dark yeah. Ages or whatever. Yeah. Something like yeah. that. Yeah. Um, next week i think that one starts all the but, uh, yeah some of them work like you know i like we like red sun i'm a big fan of i love that one a lot you know i like gaslight not as much as red sun but i always felt like the what if books were just a little bit more appealing to me just because how short they were and you know because it, it, i feel like it still is at its core who the character is whereas mm-hmm. vampire batman is so far out there it's way out yeah. there red like, red, red yeah. rain is crazy i know it's i know a lot of people love it and it's yeah it's it not. is very good storytelling i it's just not really like not my thing um and like even like stuff like marvel zombies i never got really into i did get into deceased a lot but not marvel I, zombies yeah i, didn't, I, I haven't read i haven't read deceased. are you done with it yeah it's good man. yeah that okay. one and, that all of them good what he does with all those characters is absolutely insane and is some characters are heroes that you never expect and it, that might have been the turn for the red hood to be honest was tom taylor getting his hands on him because yeah, i do think so because that thing was uh he he's he, been he, characterized completely great. differently now characters no that's mm. great i would love a. I love like a, a what if uh, Tony died instead of Cap during Civil War. Maybe what well, if that'd be cool. What if what if one more day never happened? <laughs> yeah. yeah, is what I want. Uh, but there could be some cool ones in there that, that they might explore because I feel like if they're going to do because I do think that this will be a trend maybe or maybe mm-hmm. it was just one thing that Zdarsky wanted to do. I think this was a pretty not basic, but this was a popular one to start with. You know, what if he kept the alien suit. I think there was a one-off. What if he kept the alien suit too, that I have hmm. in that old artwork I, style. I might yeah, maybe I, I wouldn't die. I know there's a, what if the symbiote like captured the punisher or something that like what if the punisher embodied yeah, the symbiote? One that, of one's a thing too, that, that one I have to check out. I, I haven't seen that one. That one would be hmm. cool. But yeah, I, I just, it, 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 I think it, you know, there's, while I'm a big fan of like continuity and staying within primary universe, there is something kind of, palate cleansing the reading a story like this that is free and it can kind yeah. of operate and do what it wants um 
which uh, I think we're seeing a lot of that with DC Black Label. You know, I think uh, I think that's a, a good idea. Maybe maybe Marvel adopts some kind of policy like that, or maybe that's what they're kind of using their what if books now for. Um, but we'll see. Hopefully, the show uh, brings some more people into this uh, format or in, and this storyline. I'd love for it to continue. I actually would kind of enjoy going back to single issue. Yeah, mm-hmm. that'd be fun. Yeah, me too. But they are doing reprints and stuff. So there's always like the Marvel, uh, the, the the dollar book or the facsimile edition, which they have reprinted uh, what if stories. So it's. I actually think they're doing a what if. I'm omnibus volume one. Not that anybody, not that that's something we buy, but oh, probably cool. collecting the first 20 or 25 issues of it. I thought, oh, cool. I'm not Depending sure. Depending on what the stories are, it'd be so, it, it depends yeah. on who it is. Like if, if half of them are X-Men stories, I probably won't be that interested. It depends on what's actually in the book. Yeah. Yeah. I remember growing up, it was it was they covered just about every hero. But I remember Spider Man being prominent, of course. Maybe like every third or fourth issue, kind of had yeah. something to do with him. Yeah, and Paul Herman, he would know this because he's he's yeah. the definitive Marvel zombie team up guy. Were you a, a big Spider Man? The the old book Marvel team up Spider Man would team up with. Uh you're almost like the Brave and Bold. Yeah, Brave and Bold too. I, you know, I yeah. I would I actually collect more like Marvel two in one than that. Like with the thing. Yeah, I love to. Yeah, those are yeah. those are my and they brought that title back for a little bit. I enjoyed that. Um, so I, I I don't know, like I I do appreciate the Marvel stuff more when they're doing that type of stuff. I don't know what it is. The DC stuff for some reason I love like the solo stuff, but like I don't mind when Spider Man's teaming up with the FF and stuff like that. It, yeah. You know, it kind of gets me going. Well, the Brave and Bold Batman was always interesting because a lot of the stories are pretty pretty crazy and they're written by some great writers, mm-hmm. but that Jim Aparo artwork always suckered me in, man. I, yeah, I'll, I'll buy anything with his name on the cover. Was, that that was that was maybe the second or third title that jumped off the spinner rack to me, and mm-hmm. I remember at that time it came out every other month. But I I had all those issues, and I've got them all collected. I always loved that stuff, you know. Yeah, and how could you go wrong with Aparo? Exactly. Just, right. the, the man is just a gift to God from God. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. But this was this was fun. Man and Spider Man, but Yay. they are but they are the two greatest. So Yay. what are you going to do? You know, ah, you know you, once you get to like what if, you naturally have to bring up Elseworlds. You know, you bring up all the exactly. Above, you can't talk about Pepsi without at least mentioning Coke. Coke right? some, somewhere along and the way. even a good old RC, some Royal Crown. Yeah. I like my buddy Luke is a big Royal Crown drinker. He buys it all the time. He has a shop right. It's actually really good. Underrated soda. Underrated soda. It's classic. It's the oldest one. They got and they got the the vintage cans out now. So that's uh that's something to be on the lookout for. And our world loves vintage today. Of course. Yeah. yeah. Nostalgia sells. So always. All right, all right boys. Uh, let's just plug away here. Let's end this. I feel like we've been at this for an hour. You can Maybe follow me and Caruso Jr. on Twitter. And I would like everybody to follow our other podcast with our good friend drummer Rob Meyer. It is right between the eyes podcast about the rock group Kiss who hopefully Paul Stanley gets over COVID and they could get back on the road. So this week is a real interesting one. That's going to pop up. It's Nico's first kiss. Yeah. Because we have two shows to see them at this coming Labor Day weekend that hopefully I don't get rescheduled, but uh, you can follow me at Nico Caruso and I You can find all my film TV and comic reviews over at www.letsgopodcast.com. And of course you're listening to us right now, the vigilante 1939 that we co-host with our buddy Zednik. This is a special Italian coalition version with our good Goomba, Mr. Peter Vera. So come follow me. We'll talk and Peter bring us home safe. Yeah, you can follow me on social media. It's Twitter, Instagram, and Zach Snyder's favorite Vero at Pete Illustrated. Follow, follow uh, Podcast A 
That is the one you're not listening to right now. Straight out of Gotham that I co-host with the champion of Long Island, Eric Holzman. Straight underscore O underscore G, both on Instagram and Twitter. We have a Facebook group and a Facebook fan page. Feel free to join both, follow both. It's great. Make sure you follow us, the Italian Spider-Man Coalition, at Italians for Spidey on Twitter. Uh, you know, pick, uh, Keep an eye out for those uh, uh, squids, octopus. They're out there. You'll know where we're recording. Um, also, follow Team Yellow over on Twitter. Um, uh, follow. You can check out my reviews of comic books, toys, and stuff, and interviews on Batman on Film YouTube. I got uh, video reviews. I got one with Tony Todd, Candyman's popular. Check out Batman on Film on YouTube. That's a fun one. It was great to finally meet him. Um, so we got all that good stuff going on. Once again, thank you for listening to the Italian Spider-Man Coalition podcast. Again, we are a proud member of the Let's Go Podcast Network pop culture without the pop and remember with great sauce comes ma great macaroni uh we'll catch you next time oh and for god's sakes you two put your show in your bios you're right if, if it's not in there by the end of the month i'm putting a hit on both of you and we're gonna end it on that later on boys gotcha <laughs>